Hello, this is your Frankly Speaking host, Andrew Powell. On this episode, we are joined by three members of the next generation of ag producers. Join us as we discuss some of the top issues facing the ag and poultry industry. My name is Luis Avila. I'm Jennifer Richter, and my name is Kelly Sweeney. So, what do you think are some of the biggest issues facing the industry? So, I think one of our biggest issues is um, our transparency and consumer perception. Um, as uh, big ag, you know, poultry production is considered to be big ag, and that's a term that I really don't like. I don't like for, for people to use because while companies themselves are big, you know, we're catering to farmers, individual farmers where this is their livelihood, and but they just see the big name tag that they mm-hmm. buy on their chicken in the stores. Um, but I think that, that we as poultry folks can do a better job of being more transparent about what we're doing and, and how we're doing it to try to change that consumer perception. But I think that we could do better to highlight the good that we're doing, you know, to highlight what we're doing to be better for the environment, to highlight what we're doing for, for fair wages and equal opportunities. And I just, I think that consumer perception is something that we struggle with and we just, we need to be more transparent. We need to let folks in and, and show them that we're doing really amazing, really great things to try to supply the world with a, a cheap, sustainable protein source. Okay, so a side point on that, what like what is one great thing you've seen recently that like really sticks out in your head? Do you think one? As far as a great, like a great example of someone doing that of doing something bad, yeah, of doing no doing something good. Like let's. So I I like to use the European example Mm -hmm. where they have the Ag Day. Um, Mm -hmm. I I learned about this at a conference back in October. So they have a day where they open up farms or processing plants or whatever it is, and they allow people to come by and see what's going on, you know, see how their food's being processed or see how the birds are being grown. Um, There's a company right now that has a glass wall on one side of their hatchers. So when they bring visitors in, the visitors can watch the chicks yeah, being hatched. That's cool. And that's, that you know, that's so cool. It, it's a biosecurity nightmare. I understand that. <laughs> um, but we can do it. You know, we, we, and we need to do it. We need to let people see what's going on. Yeah, especially yeah. if they're wanting to see it. Right. You know, those three packs of chicken breasts that are in the, the case at the grocery store, there was a lot of hands that touched that to get it there. And I think that people need to understand the, the care and just the, the minor details that go into making sure that that chicken ends up at the grocery store. Yeah, I just think it's, like you said, we see bad examples every day. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to look in the news and see all the horrible things people say. But I think... You know, just in general, the way news goes, it's really hard to pick out the good, and there is so much good. So I'm just curious, what some of the good ones? I'll kind of piggyback off of that. Mine's slightly differently, but I think I think consumer education, and even from a young age, um, from my perspective, I grew up in Gwinnett County. I went to school in the inner side of Atlanta. And we had no FFA programs. We had no 4-H. I had no idea really what agriculture meant. I knew that I could go to the grocery store and get food and it was available. But I had no idea the process that went into it. And I know that's a hard task to ask is to start teaching that agriculture at a younger age and especially in the more populated areas where it's not available. But I mean, I know people that I grew up with and 
you know, we're 26 ish and they don't know the difference between, you know, an egg laying hen versus a broiler breeder, Mm -hmm. where their meat comes from. They see the chicken trucks going down the road and they think those birds were raised in those cages. And, um, you know, a lot of them don't even realize that chocolate milk does not come from brown cows. (laughs) I mean, I've even heard that. So, you know, I, I really think there's an importance in educating people on where their food comes from. I mean, we're so far removed from the farm in today's day and age and, um, coming from that city environment, I was clueless. And I, I know there's so many more people out there like that. That's just, a really yeah. interesting perspective because the, I, growing up like that, we FFA ran the town, much less yeah. the school. I mean, it was super present in our lives. And it's hard to forget that that's not, it's not like that for everybody. Yeah. A lot of people do go to the grocery store and say, yeah. well, this is where chicken comes from. Not <laughs> realizing like, yeah. what's all behind it. It's exciting to live in a state that cares about agriculture. Too. Yeah. yeah, Georgia, we're the number one poultry producer. We produce a lot of different row crops. Um, but uh, I don't know if you guys saw the news, but agriculture education has been approved in elementary schools mm-hmm. in the state of Georgia. So that's, awesome. that's 100% amazing. While students are not going to be able to be involved in FFA until they're older, we can still start teaching agriculture. We can start making educators that are going to mm-hmm. be able to teach small agriculture education courses at such a young age yeah. and get people actively involved in where their food comes from and, and understanding what all it takes to make it. Yeah. And I think from an international perspective, it's not only in the U.S. In my country, like it's a small country, but we also have urban places like the city, the main city. And I'm not going to lie, my friends, they laughed at me when I decided to study agriculture because most of them don't like wouldn't study that at all. All of them will go to the same stuff, business, law school. And I know these are great careers, but they don't understand the magnitude or how big these industries can be, how many jobs they supply, and, you know, the opportunities in there, too. So um, in the same way, urban schools usually don't have ag programs back home. Most of the people that know about ag are usually outside the city. So I think we struggle with the same problem, not only in the U.S., but I, I can tell at least in my country. Home country, I, I can see that too happening. Yeah. And just talking more about the issues that I think we're facing in the poultry industry, I agree with um, Jennifer and Kelly, but I also think that right, right now we're living the repercussions of the pandemic. We have labor shortage, and I think it's all related to that. People don't want to go and work in agriculture, um, especially if they find a job that they prefer in the city, in the urban area, or... You know, I don't understand the, the real reasons why people don't like going to agriculture. Maybe they don't understand it, but that's a big issue right now. I see a lot of companies hiring feed mill managers, hatcheries, processing plants, farms that grow broilers or they produce eggs. They don't have the labor that we had before the pandemic. And we just hope that it gets better. I know this is triggering automation in many companies. We are still not you know, there yet with fully automation, but... It might come, it might not come, but, and the other, I think, problem is we know of the war going on right now with Russia, Ukraine, and this just lets me, um, makes me think about how susceptible we are to global changes because we also have now, like, changes in corn and soybean meal prices. As we, as we know, almost 80% of the animal feed is made up of that, at least here in the U.S., is the corn and soybean meal based diets so that is impacting the cost of production and ultimately 
along with the challenges in labor shortage, is impacting our access to food. I go to the store and I hate looking at whole carcasses because mm-hmm. I don't like buying whole carcasses. I like a special cut, you know, like a chicken breast or tenderloins. Like we all like those cuts. And, you know, it's just a way of looking how all these global problems relate to our daily access to food. So I would say those two are very big problems we're facing now in the poultry industry. I would, I would hope that us being able, like Jennifer said, to educate folks on agriculture and change consumer perspective would help with yeah. part of our labor, labor shortage. Because it's, it's hard work. There's no denying that, that mm-hmm. these farmers are on their farms seven days a week, 365 days a year. Birds eat on Christmas Day, Thanksgiving Day. Um, and they, they work really hard and they work really long hours to make sure that, that we have what we need. Um, we need to make sure that we're doing what we can to educate those so that they have what they need to be able to do their job successfully and have the support to do their job successfully. 